Hello, everyone. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office. All right, well, I'm really pleased today to welcome to the podcast Damien Savarino. And Damien, my goodness, you've been at Messiah now 17, 17 18, years. 17 years. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, and uh, I still remember uh, the first day I interviewed you, the first time I interviewed you. And we talked about opera. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to mention something else. <laughs> well, we I talk remember about talking about Die Winterreise. Die Winterreise. <laughs> we talked about Die Winterreise. But sure, we talked we about did. opera too, I'm The sure. very first time we met, and now we have right. performed. It's, it was one of the goals of my life to, to perform Die Winterreise, and, and what a thrill it has been to perform it three times with Mine you. Mine as well. Yeah, it was a big goal. Oh, uh, my goodness. Such a great 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 uh, song cycle yeah, and that's yeah. that's been wonderful but yes that same day we talked about opera sure and yeah. uh, the, and uh, we have a sh we share a love for opera and i have uh, i have loved opera since i was a high school student uh, i grew up listening to opera broadcasts because my mother always listened to them and at first i hated them and then along the <laughs> along the lines somewhere somewhere along the way all of a sudden i fell in love right and, yeah. <laughs> and that's continued to this day that's so great. um uh, and we talked then about starting an opera program here. And so how long was it before we started Opera Workshop uh, I after think you the, came? The first time I ran Opera Workshop, it was actually a three-credit course. Okay. And I think it was in 2006. Wow. Okay. So it wasn't long after It wasn't long. Came. Maybe three yeah. years after I right. started. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's right. I'd right. have to maybe double-check, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And But then we sort of realized, and Bill Stoneman and I sort mm -hmm. of had a conversation while I was doing that and realized that running it as a three credit course made it a little bit more difficult for students to, to have room in their schedules, for example, to fit that in and do that. And we thought the better option would be to make it an ensemble. Right. So that but of course, nice. it was as a three, hour, it was a three credit course, but it was purely an elective, too. So yes. They had to fit it in with everything else they were doing. It didn't count right. for anything. Right. In any in anyone's curriculum, because we don't have a degree, we don't have a major in opera. Right. Right. Where it would and, and that kind of that kind of a thing. So, um, uh, and at that in those days, what were the programs like when you started? Well, I mean, would you like me to s talk more about that first time when it was a course, or just more than any? Just, just in the first few years. Okay. I mean, well, we, so the, in two thousand six, mm -hmm. when it was a three credit course, of course, I had to make it a little more academic. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we talked about, if I can remember. We talked about the different kinds of stages, proscenium stages, uh, st theaters in the, in the round, mm -hmm. um, different, uh, different uh, what, are the, what are the protocols of backstage? What are things called, what are legs? What is a cyclorama? What is a, mm -hmm. <laughs> all sorts of things to try to give them sort of theater background. We spent a little bit more time, I think, doing movement. We would do a little bit of acting training. I, uh, one of the big things that I, I use just as a basic acting technique is subtext. Mm -hmm. The idea, you have the text, but what are you really saying? Right. What is the character? <laughs> Your character might say this, but so, you know, movement, acting technique, um, then going into these opera moments where they get a sliver of action mm -hmm. um, and they have to sort of understand and draw the parallels between how the music and the drama right. is together. Right. Uh, so you really were not, it wasn't just a singing, singing arias kind of a thing. It was really learning how to act, how to move on stage and, and carry a story, tell a story while singing, while singing yes. uh, these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah just uh, right. right and, it, and again, I've never really thought of uh, opera workshop as, a, as an aria sort of only mm -hmm. kind of uh, 
training ground, that it was more like it was the collaboration and, and of course the music yeah. and the drama and the collaboration between orchestra and everything. So you've been musical director and also director, right? So you've been doing yes. all the blocking and uh, yeah. staging of all these things as well. So you're carrying, wearing, wearing uh, yes. what are normally two different roles there. That's right, and mm -hmm. I, this is a good shout out. I worked mm -hmm. with a wonderful mm -hmm. uh, man as a, a graduate student named John Moriarty, mm -hmm. who was the opera director at New England Conservatory when I was at New England Conservatory. I got to work with him very closely. Mm -hmm. And he, in fact, he gave me some directing opportunities. Mm -hmm. I, was a, I was an opera student, mm -hmm. but he could sort of see that I had this, uh, that I was sort of interested in how how to make something work and how to make it look beautiful or mm -hmm. how to make it you know different mm -hmm. and so i remember my second year there he actually gave me two scenes to direct mm. but, and he had i don't think he had done that i don't I this mean, is I don't not a normal thing for not a normal thing to do. yeah i mean but he was a brilliant <clears throat> pianist linguist mm -hmm. uh understood singing really well understood just knew the repertory back and you know like the back of his hand uh was a great conductor um, he wrote a diction book. He did so many things. So I, I sort of saw in him this idea that you could, I mean, not that you want to be jack of all trades and then mm -hmm. master of none, but that you could actually, because he would, he would music direct, he would just sit down at the piano and we would rehearse whatever we were rehearsing and then he would jump up and then he would be the stage director. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So And that was, so he was, he was uh, big in charge of operating New England oh. Conservatory. Yeah, he were, was mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a staff of piano. There were some coaches. Right. He had an assistant director. Um, we had a we had a movement instructor that right. I took movement and yoga twice a week <laughs> mm -hmm. as, an, as mm -hmm. a graduate student. Right. We took yoga for singers is what it was called. And we had a makeup class. I mean, so he had other staff that taught other things. But in terms of he was, you know, essentially the opera program. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was. The, so I learned a lot. I just I learned a lot from him and was inspired a lot by what he did. Oh, well, that's, that's really fascinating. I, I didn't realize that you had that kind of direct training. Uh, it makes me think of what we did with Antigone here, actually, last week. Um, Katie Fickett is, right. a, is a musical theater major. Right, There's right. no reason for her to be directing. She said, why am I doing this? But here she was given this opportunity to co-direct yes. and have a real, uh, real uh, in-depth experience of directing a major production there. Yeah. So, um, Has that happened very often here? Uh, I mean... I mean, normally it's not it's not unusual for students to direct as part of their senior project. Right. But I I don't remember a time where a uh, a student and it, it they'll probably correct me and say no it's happened before but it, it it's not that that common for a student to be a co-director with a faculty member in a faculty directed production. Right. And a main stage what is essentially yes, a main stage yes, production. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, Assisting, so. I'm sure. Right. I mean, there's yes, they ADs were co-directors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She wasn't wasn't in it on her own, but still uh, obviously had a, a lot of influence on that production. And so you had a similar experience when you were a student at New England in, in the opera world right. and direct training and in, in being a director. And then of course you've sung in many productions of both musical theater and opera as, as a singer. Right. So obviously you learn a lot just, just by doing and watching other people do it. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you were beginning with Opera Workshop, it was um, these these opera moments and uh, basically opera scenes play done with piano. Yes. Uh, when was the first time you did a larger chunk of an opera? Uh, I think we did. Uh, if uh, hopefully I remember the date the date correctly, but uh -huh. I thought it was in by 2009, about mm -hmm. three years in. Mm -hmm. We had I had the, and again um, 
Well, let me just say this. I try very hard as part of an as a member of an academic institution to not precast in any way, although that goes on in the professional world all the time. Of course, of course. <laughs> it's a different playing field. Mm -hmm. But when you know, I, I of course want to be able to just have auditions and be open to who mm -hmm. will come and who I could cast and who will fit into this and that and the other thing. Mm -hmm. But because we're small, I also do a fair amount of uh, just thinking ahead. I don't mm -hmm. call it precasting, but I have to think ahead a little bit. Who will I have next year? Who's here? You have to Who make sure you have the right voices for the things you're... That's right. Yeah, Otherwise, you could... somebody, yeah. You know, I mean, luckily, knock on wood, I don't think I've gotten myself into too much of a tangle <laughs> where, I've, where I've programmed something mm -hmm. and realized that I don't have, although it did happen recently. But I think it was in 2009, I decided to program Johnny Skiki. Mm -hmm. And so we did Johnny Skiki with the orchestra in Miller. We didn't have access to the pit. They just set up on the floor in front of the, the first row of the seats. I did all the lighting. I did all we scrounged for costumes. I borrowed a bed from Daniel Glessner's mother. We, I mean, to, so that there was a, so that it looked like a bedroom, you know, where Buozo mm -hmm. Donati is, has passed away and all the, the, mm -hmm. the sort of the main crux of the, of the story that starts there. Yes. Um, and, and, and we had those band shells and so I made what looked like a, a room out of that. And we, and, but I had the people that could sing it mm -hmm. in that particular, I think it was 2009. Yes. I had a good tenor, I had a good soprano, I had a good baritone, I needed those three. Right. And then the other people I could fill in around. I was so thrilled when we had that production. And I didn't, I didn't remember that that was the first time. I thought you had done larger pieces or, or maybe a complete opera with piano before that. But you think that was the first time you did a complete opera? I think it was <clears throat> because then we did do several productions. Product, I'm quote air quoting productions um, with piano, like we did um, the Old Maid and the Thief, a John Carlo Minotti piece that only has four characters in it, mm -hmm. and that was with piano. I remember that was. But that um, was after Johnny Skeeky. I think that was after Johnny Skeeky. Yeah, because I, I had gone to Tim Dixon and said, "Hey, we're a couple of years into this. I have these three really good singers that." you know, I think we'll sign up for opera workshop. I mean, you know, to sort of think ahead. Talk, and I even remembered sort of, I mean, back in those days, you had to sort of, I had to very, I tried very gently to just go and talk to students, you know, and just say, would you be interested? Because I have an idea. And if you think you would do this next year, I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I could maybe use you. And then, and it was shortly, so really in the, in the beginning, I was just asking students to participate. And then I think three or four years in, I finally sort of turned it into an auditioned ensemble. I, I, there was enough of a, of a buzz, I thought anyway. There was enough of a, oh, students were kind of understanding there's this opera workshop thing. And it seems like it's pretty fun. And then so I could sort of say, okay, now it's going to be by audition only. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I was, I was literally just saying, please sign up and please sign up. And I was just keeping track of who would I had. And of course... Um that was 2009, so certainly by, I'm not, I can't remember when we started these things, 12, 13, 14, somewhere along in those years we, we began or laid the foundations for beginning a BFA in musical theater okay. and the BA in dance and started having more strength on that side of things in the theater department. Right. And, um, and I'm just wondering, um, uh, in, as we started to do that, I know you, I know that not everybody who sings an opera workshop is a music major. Did you have musical theater students who sang an opera workshop? Yes, you did. Yes, and um, and probably non majors who yes who who are not in any 
any program in the arts, but want or yes. enjoy singing and. Yes, I mean I can name several examples. Uh, it, that mm -hmm. old, the old maid and the thief that I just mentioned mm -hmm. only had four characters, but the character of Bob, mm -hmm. who's kind of a high baritone, was a guy. I don't even remember his name, but mm -hmm. I found out about him mm -hmm. because he was in concert choir. Wow, mm -hmm. and um, he was a, a Bible major, I think, or something. But he was singing in choir, and I just went up to him and said, "Hey, you know, I've I've heard of it. Would you come and sing for me?" And you know. <laughs> Would you be interested in doing more of a stage kind of performance? And a choir is great, but it's, it's choir. And how about something that's more dramatic? And would you be interested in that? And mm -hmm. I and he all luckily every step of that process, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he ended up being my one of my cast members. And then Katie Pikett is uh -huh. another good example, uh -huh. actually, that you've mentioned her name. Uh -huh. um, she was in she's been in opera workshop several times. Uh -huh. for me and uh -huh. I know I've had a chance to work with her uh, just you know as a singer she <clears throat> has continued to take a lot of voice right so she's able to make that transition between the two different yeah. styles now, yeah. I don't I don't take credit for any of her ability I mean I don't know if that's necessary <laughs> whether she learned anything from those experiences that of helped her did. you know with yeah. Antigone for example I don't mm -hmm. know but we all we all learn uh, from every experience right, don't we right. yeah I so suppose, it's yeah. your growth as an artist and in, in, uh, sure the more breadth you have then the the, the better it is, I think. But uh, right. I'm, I remember then, because um, this was, now this was still in Miller. We still do opera workshop over there a lot. Um, a lot of the time when it's more, more stage productions are still in Miller. Um, though we also use the black box and we also use Palmer Hall. So, um, but I remember Deflator Mouse. And of course, I, I was that that was when Stuart Molina came and yes. and, and played as part of it? <laughs> yes. And we also had President Phipps on stage. That's right. Yeah, I saw and that in your picture. There's uh, a if you look closely yes. in that picture. Yes, yes. You and can I, see her I went, there. oh, I remember that now. <laughs> I had forgotten. But and that that triggered the memory of of Stuart coming and playing as yes. well. What year was that? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Well, it, it is on that announcement. Mm -hmm. I think that was 2011, maybe. Okay. And we were um, so that was before we opened the new building. Yes. Still. And yes. Uh, now, do we have an orchestra in the pit or were no. they just sitting on the floor again like Johnny Skeeky or how? I don't did remember. That... I think they were maybe just on the floor. Okay. I, 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 we've seldom had access to the pit because it's mm -hmm. hard to have access to the pit. Right, right. Um, I think they were just on the floor. But mm -hmm. yes, but again, it was with band shells uh, <laughs> to create <laughs> some sort of cinched in space. Mm -hmm. um, I think someone helped me with lighting for that. I don't remember having to sort of. Well, I know many times Tom Ryan has come and done. And I think maybe he yeah, got in on that. Uh, done set design for you as well yes. sometimes. Yes, and we rented costumes. And then I just had this crazy idea that we, we only did Act Two. To be fair, we only mm -hmm. we didn't do all of Deflator Mouse. It was just Act Two right, as right. a one act performance, right. but which <clears> still kind of worked just fine. Um, and there's sort of a tradition in Deflator Mouse that, that, that there can be performances within that performance because the act two takes place in, of Deflator Mouse takes place in Prince Orlovsky's palace and they're having a party. It's a big party, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're having a party and why wouldn't there be entertainment at the party? Sure. So oftentimes at the Metropolitan Opera, for example, they will, they will have stand-up comics or they'll have dance they'll have a ballet in the middle of act And we two, had Stuart the, Molina. And we had Stuart Fabulous, Molina, yeah. Who came out and played <laughs> a couple of like... Um, uh, not like um, like uh, ragtime. He played a couple of ragtime things on the. We pushed mm -hmm. the piano out there, and he just sat and played some ragtime tunes. 
Mm-hmm. I think he told a couple jokes. Yes. That was, yes. <laughs> and then whoosh, off he went. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was just great. Well, so that's, you know, the program kept developing. And yes. um, uh, so I'm trying to think, what was the Minotti that you did that was the first one that you submitted? The, the Minotti, uh, another Minotti one that we did was, it's called The Medium. The Medium, of course. The yes. Medium, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was in 2013, 2014. It was that, that year. Okay. And that's the first one you submitted to the National Opera yeah, Association. I had right? joined that organization mm-hmm. and had found out that they were doing a uh, opera production competition, that they had mm-hmm. been doing this for, I don't know how long, but, and I thought, well, I, I'm, I would like to get a good video recording of this. Mm-hmm. And again, Tom Ryan came in and he did set design for me and lighting design was, was very, I've worked with him a lot, actually, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been really fantastic to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put together, quite honestly, a, a, a fairly dramatic and, um, you know, it kind of bloody. If I don't, if I, if it's okay to say that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it because it, it does not end well. You know, right, um, right. Uh, and we sort of the lighting was very red and very, mm-hmm. you know, very sort of dramatic and, uh, um, yeah. And I got a good recording of that, video recording of that, and audio recording just from one, I think, just from one camera, and submitted that to the production. And there, it's an anonymous competition, so they don't. The judges don't know they where don't know these productions are coming from. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't know who the directors are. Uh, hopefully, they don't recognize a venue, you know, right, or they right. don't recognize any singers, or they don't. <clears throat> of course, they're gonna they're gonna start viewing it and get an idea of. What, I mean, and I think some of the information that I gave them as the director was that this is an undergrad program, and so they kind of know some of that information. Um, but just based on what they see and hear. Uh, we won first place in our mm-hmm. in our division that year. Right. So and there were something like five divisions, I believe, right? And, yeah. And the divisions are based on budget and They're resources. based on the size of the institution, budget mm-hmm. of the production, whether you have mm-hmm. uh, whether it is sort of undergraduate or is it a graduate? Do you, do you have graduate students in your productions? Did you hire professionals mm-hmm. to sing in the production? Is it, you know, we're saying no to all that. So it fit into a particular mm-hmm. division that right. was a certain budget, certain size, right. certain. So then um, we continued to develop the program. And um, one of the wonderful things that's come out of this is a collaboration with theater. And of course, music yeah. has collaborated with theater since my early years here back in the 80s, actually, where we've worked together on musical the musicals. Theater. Yeah. And when we started the musical theater program back in um, the, the course that we still offer, um, when we started that course, I think it was, uh, it was um, January of 88, the first time we offered that, uh, Earl Ginzel and I at that time were talking about, well, we can, we can alternate opera. And it never happened mm. until we did The Tenderland. Right. And so with The Tenderland, for the first time, we joined together the resources of our theater program yes. with the resources of the music department and did a full production of an opera. And the pit was definitely open for that one. And, right. uh, and Tim Dixon was conducting and yes. uh, had some good people in the pit, good singers on stage. And you submitted that one to two different prizes. Right. Uh, and uh, it was the National Opera Association, but also the American Prize. And right. in both cases, we tied for second place. Yes, and, uh, we tied for second place in the National Opera Association production. Mm-hmm. There was another production from... Montana State University or something like that mm-hmm. um, that we tied with. The American Prize was second place. It was a second prize without a tie. Oh, it wasn't it's, a tie for yeah, the American Prize. Only okay, one of so them I was remember, a tie. I didn't remember that correctly then. But if I remember correctly, first place was the University of Michigan? 
I think that's the, right. Yeah. For the American prize. Yes. So I, I will, I will say that for little Messiah, because we are, <laughs> we, you know, yeah. they're, they're Goliath and we're, you know, we're small compared to the University of right. Michigan. Uh, I, I love the fact that we're in the same category and finishing in second place to, you know, that we're even on the, uh, because they obviously have far more resources and probably sure. are using graduate students and sure. so forth in their production. And, and uh, I, think, I think that speaks volumes of the, of the quality of the program that, uh, that you have built uh, in, in opera. And I'm, I'm just very proud of that fact. Yeah. And so uh, what we, what, the agreement that we have with theater is that every fourth year, we will collaborate, and that year was supposed to be this year, right. and COVID has undone that, of course. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, but we've we've planned to put that to do that again next year. Then, yes. so we will have as far as uh, I know, yes. fully mounted production, and of course, the concert that's coming up right now is uh, Opera Pops, and this again was planned for last spring. And I don't know what you planned last spring. I just know that it was going to include the orchestra and it was going to include concert choir. And because of, the, because of COVID, of course, it didn't happen at all because we were shut down completely like all universities and colleges were last spring. Right. And, um, and then, so now you've brought the program back, but in a different form uh, this fall. So you wanna speak, how, how, how has it changed? Sure. And what are you planning for, for, for it's Sunday, right? The it's this coming Sunday at 7.30, yes, uh -huh. in Parma. Before I speak to that, though, if I can give a little bit more history. Sure, absolutely. Just about the Opera Pops. The Opera Pops was, again, another idea that, that Tim Dixon and I had mm -hmm. together when we started this wonderful collaboration with theater to have every fourth year to do a, a main production. We wanted to be able to do something else in the, some of those off years. Of course, mm -hmm. we're still running Opera Workshop every year, mm -hmm. and that either was taking the form of a, a scenes program or a small production of some sort. Well, you've done several chamber productions. Right. I should, we should have mentioned that because I know I've, saw, I've seen um, a wonderful we've Donizetti comic opera right. in the Black the, Box. The Night Bell is what it was yes, called. Yes, yeah, and uh, some others that I don't remember now. But I know I've seen two or three, at least, productions in the Black Box yes. Theater. That were like uh, one-act operas. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, which have just been wonderful. So we were able to do smaller, small-scale productions, if I can put it that way. Yes. These are with scenery and with a small chamber orchestra sometimes, sometimes with piano. Right. But uh, a very intimate kind of opera. Yes. And uh, those have been wonderful productions. Yeah, they've been fun. I, yeah. In fact, I, 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 the, the, the Night Bell, I think I won, not, I, I was like an honorable mention for directing. or something. I won a, a, a couple of different sort of... Mm -hmm. Uh, mentions mm -hmm. I did, but the production didn't necessarily win anything. But I had submitted it well, there. Well, it's a smaller and, scale production than the others, and so yeah. Well, and and you know, look, to be honest, from year to year, you don't know who, who you know who you're competing against. So it's mm -hmm. always good to just throw your name in the hat. Absolutely, you know, and just yes. I I enjoy doing. I never shy away from that. Yes, let's let's get out and compete. You mm -hmm. know, but yeah. So alternating production, small productions with scenes as opera workshop, doing a full production every fourth year. And then maybe the second, a year in between mm -hmm. that, to do an opera pops. That was our first, that was Tim, you know. And I said, that's great because we're using orchestra. We, it's a different format. It's something that's maybe, a, it's a little different appeal to audience members or whatever, you know, to students, give the experience to students. So it really grew out of that. And we did an opera pops in 2018. I remember that, that with concert. orchestra. Yes. It was a lovely evening and we did, mm -hmm. Um, uh, we did, I, you know, uh, maybe a dozen or so things. The orchestra played a couple of uh, uh, pieces, and then we sang at least one ensemble thing together. And then we had little duets and trios and quartets. 
Um, this last last year's Opera Pops was supposed to be a bigger sort of deal, mm-hmm. of course, with orchestra, but it was with the Choral Arts Society and um, and concert choir so members. So both as choirs. Well. I forgot about choral arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was going to be they were going to sing their own choral thing. So that the 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 principals, if I can say that, use that term from my opera workshop, would just sort of join in, but they were going to be responsible for. Um, singing the big choral numbers that uh, joy mead was sort of in charge of putting that together so but it was it was sort of i had envisioned it being even even sort of bigger and more sparkly thing than we had done in 2018 Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. of course it didn't happen so now talking about what we ended up doing is sort of rescheduling Mm -hmm. and just taking the beautiful music that we have just in my ensemble i have 11 singers two pianists uh, and so the, the things that they were going to perform as part of that concert last year, I was able to keep those things programmed and we're just offering those. So it's just, there's one solo, but it's several duets. A tr- I think there's a trio or two, I can't remember. Um, there's a quartet that we're doing and then we're singing another little uh, piece actually from Deflator Mouse to, and oh, to finish good. up just as sort of an ensemble sure. number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have two pianists who are playing wonderfully. And then just to add a little bit of color, I have two flautists playing mm, in one scene okay. and a clarinetist mm-hmm. playing in mm-hmm. one scene. So it, unfortunately, it's not the scale right. and the sort of the, the, the bigness and the, the, mm-hmm. the party aspect that I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, to just have a big flourishing party with orchestra and everyone wearing tuxedos and, and gowns and stuff. But it's still going to be a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, sort of evening of opera music and opera mm-hmm. different languages, different styles. So. Of course, in the history of the, of this podcast, um, and I mentioned this last week when I was talking with um, the theater folks about Antigone, but my last podcast last spring was with Joy Mead, oh. and it was it was on Tuesday before spring break, oh. and as of Tuesday, we still had not even canceled concert choir tour, oh. and um, I had been in meetings where they said we may have to shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew that was a possibility and we knew canceling the tour was a possibility but we but it wasn't a certainty even sure. even then and of course by Thursday it was yeah, it was just yeah. just two two days later but Joy and I in addition to talking about the tour talked about everything concert choir was going to do ah, so okay. opera pop figured in our conversation that day as well gotcha. and and what choral arts choral arts role in that I had forgotten the choral arts p- portion of it but uh, yeah uh, of course, that would have been a tremendous evening, and uh, there were so many things we lost last spring yeah, in terms sure. of just performances as well as in incalculable other ways, of course, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, because of the shutdown. But um, uh, I'm just thrilled that it's coming back, uh, you know, that you're that yeah. you're doing what you are this fall. And, of course, it's a milestone for us this fall as well because this is our first... Um, First concert in Parmer Hall with a live audience. Ah, okay. Uh, since since the shutdown, so this is since um, since the middle of March. Uh, the last concert I remember attending was the orchestra concert. So it was about a week before spring break, I believe. And yeah. Renee Segrist did a movement of a Mozart piano oh, concerto. Right, she won the yeah. Yes, right. and uh, that's I. Uh, that may have been the last concert in Parmer Hall from the music department uh, before the shut down I believe that like I said I think that was the first weekend in March right so from March to October 
we have gone silent. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted that we're not like, uh, like the Met and like other professional organizations that are dependent on, more dependent on ticket sales. Right. And uh, we can continue to make music in, in higher ed. And yeah. so, um, uh, so that's one of our advantages. And uh, it won't be a normal Palmer Hall audience. Uh, <laughs> it'll be right. distanced and they'll be wearing masks. Uh, but we will have uh, we will have people there. Um, so, are, will will the performers be wearing masks, or will they be singing without them? The perform <clears throat> we're going to be we're spread out on the stage as uh -huh. well. I mean, so right. it's a small ensemble. We have eleven, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. We have I have eleven singers and a couple of pianists, and then mm -hmm. there's a couple instrumentals so that would be sitting on the side, mm -hmm. ready to you know come, sure. come to join us. But we just had our, our dress rehearsal the other night, mm -hmm. and yeah, we're all sort of sitting spread out. It's a mm -hmm. nice big stage, Palmer. Is a yes, very it big is. Stage. <laughs> so we're all just sort of sitting out, and yes, we will wear masks, um, but when the performers come to the front, like when we have a duet or a trio or a quartet, mm -hmm. they will remove their masks just to sing that. Mm -hmm. that portion of it and then replace the and masks when put their mask back on and go back to mm -hmm. their seats the ensemble number that we're doing at the very end we're going to all just wear masks sing, we're all sing through your masks sing yes. through our masks and we're all spread out mm -hmm. pianists mm -hmm. continue to wear their masks the instruments uh, instrumentalists have their own version of how they deal with bell that. covers and things like yeah, that sure. based mm -hmm. on their their mm -hmm. teacher's advice and everything. right right um, but it's going to be a, a really beautiful program S um, mozart bizet we're doing a little thing from carmen um, we're doing uh, actually a little piece from Yeoman of the Guard, mm -hmm. which, which was, was supposed going to be to our be production, production this spring. Yes, um, we're doing a little quartet from the Mikado. So a couple of Gilbert and Sullivan, which is always mm -hmm. good for young singers to mm -hmm. to experience. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing a little bit of ensemble from Flatermouse, as I mentioned. We're doing a beautiful duet from Don Pasquale, another Don, Donizetti mm -hmm. bel canto opera. Um, the, uh, there's one solo piece that we're doing from Naughty Marietta. Um, that, that's a Victor Herbert mm -hmm. uh, musical uh, operetta, all oh, sort of old-fashioned operetta. Operetta, musical. sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like maybe I'm leaving something out, but um, uh, that that gives you a good idea of this. Yeah, lots of wonderful, of wonderful music yeah. that will be happening. Well, sounds like a great program, and uh, I'm, you, you know, how thrilled I am with what has happened with with opera here at Messiah, and thank you for everything you've done to build this program sure. over the years. And uh, may it continue, um, may it continue for many years to come. Anyway, sure. but uh, I'm looking forward to the program. Uh, I'm I'm doing the virtual attending myself sure, this sure. year, uh, given given the realities of COVID in my age and so forth. But sure, uh, sure. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, and just thrilled that it's thrilled that it's happening. So. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, anything it's else a, you want to say before? Oh, or it's been a joy to be yeah. able to to serve in this, so to mm -hmm. to be an opera director. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I I don't know that that necessarily when I was in college and in graduate school and having those those um, experiences myself. I I was a music education major as an undergrad, but always was very much a performer mm -hmm. um, and sort of saw myself as a as a voice teacher and a performer and that's a very common combination i mean i mean yes. look at any institution just about anywhere a lot of the voice teachers perform in some capacity right i mean whether whether it's regionally a or whatever. as you continue to do as i continue as to you do continue as well. to sing so yes I, that has always been an expectation of mine but to be here and be able to be an opera director as well sort of wearing another hat and getting that experience and, and doing that and having the fun, it is, it's a thrill to actually, it's exhausting, I won't, I won't lie to you, but um, <laughs> I mean, just the other night when we did our dress rehearsal, our dress rehearsal only lasted an hour and 15 minutes or something, 
but you know i'm i'm and i'm also singing a little bit i'm like in the program i sort of join the ensemble bits that we mm -hmm. do and we're doing some ooing and some aahing and then we sing the flater mouse and i've joined in on that and so i'm singing that but i'm running constantly running back from the house to see how things look or hear things and can you move here and you know and we're doing tiny little bits and pieces of sort of character realization but really nothing in the in the word of blocking right um because we we can't get too close to each other I mean, right uh, yeah. right um but some sort of switching and and mm -hmm. movement here and this person is being featured so they come to the center and that person moves away and and sort of little bits i wouldn't call it blocking but some a little bit but of you movement. still remember that you're telling a story and that yes, you want to portray trying that trying to give that with and it's movement still as well as the, the voice a little movement mm -hmm. a little bit of character realization but everyone is wearing gowns and tuxedos of course it's a pops concert but, right uh, but it's been a thrill to be able to do all these things the, the scenes programs the productions the pop concerts i um, have uh, i've said many times that um one of the advantages of teaching at a school like this is that you're, you have more op opportunities. Uh, if I was at State U, and, right. um, and I, I was offered a job at a State U at one time uh -huh. in my life and foolishly turned it down, but um, <laughs> I was young and stupid, as I say. But anyway, um, uh, if, I had, if I had gone that route, uh, I would have been that piano teacher. Right. I would have That's, you know, been... Yeah playing for pia other piano teachers and going around and concertizing as I was able and teaching a, 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 a studio of piano students, maybe teaching a music theory class, I would not have been playing, as I have here at Messiah, a harpsichord recital right. because there would have been a harpsichordist and I wouldn't have been able to s step on their toes. <laughs> right. uh, I wouldn't That's have been accompanying because there would have been a, a there would someone have been who someone taught else. that. There would right. have been a collaborative pianist. I couldn't step on their toes. Right. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have ever done any conducting as I have here, and I wouldn't have conducted musical theater. And well, I just think of all the... And I couldn't teach composition, probably, because after all, I'm a pianist. That's where my degrees are. So I just think of the things that I've been able to do here at Messiah musically. Uh, they're just so much more uh, uh, wide-ranging. And I think that's renewing for a faculty member, sure. uh, even though it is more work. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's enthralling. It's in you know sometimes more work is is it's more tiring to to do less work, but it's the same thing over and over and over again, year after year after year. Uh, so I think uh, that's that's been my experience at least that it, it it's renewing to do these other things. So that's what I hear you saying yes. that that directing has been one of those renewal things for you as well. Yeah, uh, because you. You do teach a lot of voice students. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and I try to keep my... Perf uh, that's another thing that has gone to the wayside a little bit here in the last nine months, but... Well, uh, for everyone. I mean, yeah, that's, everyone, that's yeah. no, one's, no one's performing much these days. I know, you know, Kirk Reese, our wonderful jazz pianist, I don't have any, I don't have any gigs. I don't have any, you know, it's my, my calendar is empty. You know, I mean, it's just that way for everyone yeah. right now because of the realities that we're dealing with. And uh, we all hope that it's... Um, short-lived time and right. that uh, and that people want to hear live music again when it's over uh, and that people will begin to have opportunities to perform uh, in person again I think they will yes I do too. Uh, even though uh, we've all developed uh, more um, more savvy with our uh, online offerings right. than we had before and learned learned ways to offer our music and to continue to make music uh, yeah. without live audiences, but I think people will always want to um, want to hear something that's real and to be able to breathe the same yeah. air as the performer and yeah. so forth. I and mean, that's always going to be a part of yes. uh, just a natural human Th human thing. That's what I was, it's yeah. a human experience. Yeah. I, I don't think that we mm -hmm. can 
get away from, we, right. we won't be able to go away from that I mean, right, as right. humans you know yeah so so anyway we'll see how things develop with that but in the meantime i'm looking forward to the concert on sunday right. and uh thank you so much for being part of the podcast sure. it's just been a lot of fun to talk with you and yeah, reminisce about all these things welcome. yeah <laughs> thanks damien sure this is richard robertson from the dean's office